0: Sustain this atmosphere of just drenching yourself in the Father's love. Lee. You can pray for Jacques. Father, your word is like a two-edged sword never t- returns void so we just lift up jock to you now lord and as he brings your word to us today god we have that expectation that it would not return void pray that we would open up our hearts and our lives to hear what you're going to say today to us god we come against any familiarity or anything that we think we know we just come humbly before you jesus say speak lord for your servants are listening Jesus name how was that you know we're here to build a kingdom build church but sometimes an encounter is so good and we are for both for the encounter and to build we're being built into a kingdom built into an army built into family but with it comes encounters, and blessing, and interaction, and... Yo. By the way, you should bring your discovery watches. You can really get your points settled in front here. Because uh, I think some people are just running up and down just to get the count right. You know. Oh, I still have a thousand jumps, okay. By the way, those two ladies that dived off the stage... There's something significant about that. Towards the end of last year, the one lady fell trying to do that and injured her neck, and we thought the neck was broken. Right here. And by God's grace, nothing happened. But for her to come back and do that again, to trust trust the same men, and the other lady has been led down by men many times. And she'll share, share a story with you, maybe sometime, but... For her to trust me and to catch her when she jumps. Those are big things, guys. It, that wasn't just fun. That was breakthrough. That's a place of freedom that comes through, this, through worship, through the interaction, the spirit moving and equipping people and people going, I have freedom to take this step. I'm scared of this, but I trust you, Lord. And they step out. So that it wasn't just fireworks. It wasn't just fun. It's amazing what God does. I want to talk tonight about remaining in Jesus. And I know you've all heard that. And interesting, in the, in, the, in the prayer meeting, one of the first words that came out was obedience. And uh, it, was, it struck me because that is a core part of, of what I want to talk about, just that you can only remain in Jesus if you obey him. Most of you know me, but uh, just a little bit of, a, of background. I I'd, When I grew up, you know, you first want to be a brandweerman, you want to be a fireman, right? Like when you're five, I think. Come on. Who didn't want to be a fireman? Didn't. Did. When you're five, you will brand more of And then you want to become a game ranger, and then something else. I got stuck on the game ranger part. And basically, I dedicated my life to to conservation. And in a sense, restoring God's creation. You know, restoring something that man has corrupted. And uh, that just changed recently, and now... My job is primarily restoring parts of his bride that's been corrupted, which is awesome. So I'm still, I'm still involved in, in restoring stuff what God has made and what God is making. And it's, it's amazing. Two weeks ago, we spent some time in, in the Kruger Park. We took the one Family, uh, and we were blessed to go there. And uh, we had lots of fun there. But uh, one of the things we saw there, three times, we were super blessed with the sightings we got. But one of the things we saw, we saw some cheetahs, which is rare to see. I think there's only like 500 in the whole park, and the park is the size of Belgium. Rita, can you, can you put up the first, the first image? Oh. Okay. Who knows what that is? Cheetah cub. I want to take a chance. What is interesting about that cheetah looks like a cheetah. Okay, that's interesting, yes. I'll say what Amado said said just now. Okay, next picture, please, Rita. Okay, look at those. You can see the big one looks like a cheetah, right? But what do the other three look like? Okay, next picture. What do those look like? All right, next picture, please, Rita. Oh. And the last picture. Okay. So baby cheetahs look like honey badgers. Did you see the resemblance? And why should they look like honey badgers? Because Everything is scared of a honey badger. Everything. Even Mervis. Where's Merv? Merv will tell you a story about honey badgers one day. I'm not going to go in there because this is not a comedy show. But suffice to say that they don't care what you do. And if you get in the way, they want to bite you. They have no fear. They take on lions. They chase away leopards. They'll, they could die doing it. They just don't care. And everything in the animal kingdom knows that, or where they are. So they rather just stay away. So that's why the cute and cuddly cheetah cubs, if you go back here to one of those, they look like honey badgers, especially from a fawn as they move through the bush. They get this white coat on their back, which is in, indicative of, of honey badgers. Now, why am I telling you this? They... They take on the appearance of something which means life for them. They don't get killed because other predators would love to kill some cheetahs because they're a competitive predator when they grow up. You know, they eat the same animals and so on. So so God has done this, that they look like something else. When the predator looks at them, they don't see a cute and cali cheetah. They see a honey badger, and they leave them alone. Hopefully, most of the time. So I want to, so, so just remember that picture, okay, appearance. And then I want to jump to 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 to 4. It, I didn't ask you for the scripture, but this is the story of David and Jonathan. And how it goes, Rita, can you perhaps get that? 1 Samuel 18, verse 1 to 4. A few weeks ago, we spoke about covenant. And, uh, you know, that whole thing about heads you win, tails I lose. And uh, what a covenant is about. So this is another example of a covenant. Let's let's read that together. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. For Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. So instantly there was a bromance. And... Bromance. And uh, as part of this covenant, Jonathan went, went, I will give you my robe, I will give you my weapons, and I'll give you my belt. That was super significant at the time. And I want to dig a little bit deeper into that into why he did that. Because when we come into Jesus, when we are within Jesus, and we are obedient to him, we're in a relationship with him, he does the exact same thing with us. The same thing Jonathan did with David. And it'll, it'll take shape as I, as I go on. So Jonathan gave David firstly his robe. Now, he was, Jonathan was a prince, right? Saul was king. He was a prince. He was the guy, like, kitted with everything. He was royalty. Nothing could touch him. And you could see that by the robes he wore and so on. That, so Jonathan goes and he gives this to David. So what happens? David looks like Jonathan. He even gives him his tunic. So he literally gave him the shirt off his back. So he appeared... As royalty in the same way 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 10 it says when we accept Jesus we become a royal priesthood not because of what we've done we are in Jesus and the father sees Jesus in us doesn't see our rottenness we become priests in the same way David became a prince so they, they significant gifts He would have had privileges. He couldn't have gotten in trouble, and he couldn't even get in trouble with Saul because because of these things. He also gave him his weapons. And with weapons, he gave him a sword and a bow. Sword signifies strength, and a bow signifies what you have to accomplish. What you're going to achieve So Jonathan said, "I'm into you. I, I back you. I believe in you, that you will be the one that will do stuff." So he was a strong supporter of him, so he was endorsing him by giving him those things. In the same way as we, what does the Bible say when we get saved, when we're in Jesus? What does the sword signify? Ephesians 6:17. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. He gives us that, which gives us strength, which is a powerful weapon. And the bow interesting uh, the bow in, in in Genesis, if you read Genesis, the account of the flood, the same word that is used here for bow, the bow that Jonathan gave, the same word is used for the rainbow. It's a funny word, it's kishet, for what it's worth. That's, that's the Hebrew. Um, and God said, I've placed my rainbow in the clouds. It's the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. So Jonathan's bow, as he gives it, is a sign of his covenant. So that's, it's interesting that Jonathan gives a bow as a sign of a covenant, and God gives a bow as a sign of a covenant. And then finally, he gives him his belt. Now, it wasn't just like a little sash or, you know, a string. It was a very useful tool. You could put things in, you could hook. It was a utility belt. And it was also very decorative. Because it was a prince, it was super valuable, and it, it gave him status immediately. So it was very symbolic of that. It was full of ornaments, um, and. People would get belts as a reward for bravery. Even today. You know? Adrian! Rocky. Huh? Belts. Think about boxing, you know? They always carry this big, flashy belt. Beauty pageants. You know? Belts. It's still, it's... Sash. It's still... Sorry, all the ladies, sorry. (laughs) Michelle. Okay. It's still seen as a reward, as a way of... And it comes from this. It is a reward. It says, um, 2 Samuel 18 verse 11 speaks about, you will receive a reward as a hero's belt. It was recognized as that. Jonathan was not only rewarding David's bravery, but... He was declaring his faith in David that David will be his champion. David will be victorious. Isaiah 11 verse 5 it speaks of the belt of righteousness. Ephesians 6 verse 14 speaks about the belt of truth. So it's not just a little leather strap. So David looked like Jonathan. But he also knew that Jonathan was literally giving himself to David in this relationship. He was that serious. In the same way, when we receive these three things from Jesus, then we look like him. And we also know that Jesus is giving himself to us and to this relationship. The one that you can have with him personally. And I know most of you do have. But if you don't, think about these things. These are serious truths. But Jonathan had to put them on. He couldn't, like, okay, thanks, put it somewhere with mothballs and, like, I'm the prince. He wasn't. He had to wear them, David. He had to wear them. So how do we do it? How do we we keep on wearing it? How do we remain in him? And I want to read with you John 15, 5. But only in Jesus, only if we remain in Jesus, are we safe. Like that little cheetah. He's looking like a badger, then he's safe. There's a truth that you are transformed into the likeness of the one you have covenant with. They say couples, when they get really old, they start looking like each other. Yeah, Janice getting more beautiful. <laughs> oh. And... Uh. Definitely the other way around. (laughs) Anyway. But you transformed into the likeness of the person you have covenant with. So be careful who you covenant with. Because if you covenant with something evil, that's where it will go. If you covenant with something beautiful like Jesus, that's where you'll go. Be careful what you tie yourself to. John 15, 5 says, "Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers." John 15:10. "When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love," Even Jesus has to remain positioned. He had to remain positioned, remain in his Father's love. How did he do that? By being obedient. That's the same way we remain in his love. That's the same way we remain in him by being obedient. Not going after our own desires. Yes, but it's okay in this world. You know, everybody else is doing it. It's cool. Not going after what you like or want unless it's this, obeying his commandments. That's how we remain in his love. And it's not a once-off like, okay, I choose to, I remain in Jesus' love. No, it's a constant remaining. Remain is a continuous word. Don't ask me about English grammar. My wife does homeschooling, and I don't even understand what Anya's learning. But it's, it's something that's continuous. It keeps going. It's not like okay, I'm once off. I did remain 12 years ago on this on this on this weekend with the, with a hub camp. I think it's Clarence that, that said this. He said he said somebody can say I've been saved for 20 years. You know, I I've, I've been there. You know, good long track record. And then oh, what 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 is truth is I've been saved for about a year, but I've been doing it over tw- for 20 times. So so long service like. Salvation is not a long service reward. And Jesus' presence is not a long service reward. If you're in the wrong place for long, it's not going to help. You have to remain in Him. We do it in prayer. We're not going to talk about prayer now. By, by the way, Lee, the prayer meetings, well done with those. And guys, the guys that are coming to it on Fridays, well done with those. It's really good stuff coming out of it. Is so important the word Joshua 1 verse 8 meditate on it day and night, keep the word on your lips. These are ways that you can remain in Him obedience, your heart posture, not arrogant but going, Okay, what do we do, Lord? How can I obey you? Your thought life, intentional thoughts like be intentional about taking thoughts captive. If you start thinking about stuff and you know it's dodgy, kill those thoughts. Just stop it. You know, stop that. Don't go on. Like, stop that train of thought. It's, that train has got to after eye somewhere and you don't want to go there. You know? If those trains of thought go wrong, just say, oh, catch it. And you can pray, Lord, give me the grace to know that and that, let me stop that. Because that's how, that's how dodgy stuff starts. Stuff that's, that's going to lead you into sin. Long before you get to the sin part, you've been thinking about stuff. Or if you've allowed yourself, you think you, you, feel you deserve it. Anger, you know, no, but it's a righteous anger. No, Jesus wasn't angry that many times. He wasn't angry every day, you know. Imagine Peter coming, hey, Jesus, you're angry. Yes, but I'm righteous anger every morning. No, he was angry like twice in the Bible. No? Maybe more. But it wasn't part of his personality. It was circumstantial. It was needed. He said he did nothing outside of the will of his father. If you are angry and you can truly say, no, I'm angry, but I'm in the will of my father, okay, but you're, I don't know if I've ever been there. But I've been angry a lot. Luke, thank you for keeping me humble. I need it. By the way, you guys are awesome like this team of leaders, this team of elders. We're doing leadership training on Mondays. You're welcome to come. And we have more than half this congregation pulling up. It's, it's ridiculous. We've never had that. I want to say well done, guys. Normally Mondays are like off nights. You guys are just coming. By the way, this Monday there isn't one. <laughs> Tomorrow there isn't one, but we'll pick it up in the next week. Yeah, this is the last week where there's almost nothing happening. Um, in line with the school holidays and giving people a break. But we must be hidden in Christ. Colossians 3 verse 3 says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. It's like God can't see you. It seems like God can't, I mean, of course, He's he's all-knowing. But when you have Jesus covering you, He sees Jesus when He looks at you. No matter how rotten we are. It's like He it doesn't see us. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says we exchange our sin for His righteousness. So God no longer sees our imperfections. He sees His own Son's righteousness instead. What a bargain. But we have to remain in Him. That's the obedience part. That's the, that's the the, what's the catch? that's the catch Ephesians 2.13 in Jesus you who were far have been brought near by the blood of Christ only if you're under the blood not if you're not Hebrews 8 verse 12 the Lord says I will remember their sins no more how's that? think about that a holy God like perfect in every way to him, our best, our best efforts are like filthy rags, okay? Super holy. We can't wake up for an hour without sinning in some way. In Hebrews, Hebrews 8, 12, four, a God that's utterly intolerant. He's not tolerant of any sin ever. Look at Ananias and Sapphira coming into church, looking, being all hypocritical, saying, no, we are holy like this. And they're not. And they get struck down by the Spirit, dead. Wait till that starts happening, here. Then we know we then we know we're on the right track, huh? Yeah. But that's sobering things. I don't believe it only happened then. I think it can happen today. I'm not looking forward to that, guys. I'm not trying to get rid of you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's there's a reverence here. There's a reverence here. And he says, "I will remember their sins no more. Those sins that Jesus died for." caused that much pain, that suffering, and that death, you will remember it no more. Merv, can I ask you, can you guys come back up, please? See what the Lord wants to do after this. But my main message is, just like the predators, it feels a bit like 50-50 today. Remember that program, nature program, 50-50? People in nature, eh? No? So just like the predators see badges instead of cheetah cubs. Just as David was seen as royalty long before he was royalty, we are seen as righteous in God, righteous before God, if we remain in Jesus. So let us be a people that remain in Jesus. And the way to remain in Him, I just scratched it around with a few ideas there, prayer and worship. And word and so on there's a lot more to that it wasn't what the the message was about the message was to remain in him and the way to do that is in obedience let us become a more and more obedient people that when when you read something about in the word that you go okay let's take a chance on 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 the lord let's take let's take him at his word a few weeks ago, we were, we were, we were looking at that, that, that introduction that Andrew gives on the videos, and he says, what if a church actually took God at his word? Will we be a people that actually takes God at his word and then do it?